yeah, it was like just like a factory line. Like one goes in, like you come out, one another one goes in, and then they have you go to a, a recovery spot where you just are laying there. And um, I'm assuming they just check your vitals, and then probably after 10, 15 minutes, um, they send you on your way. Hey guys, this is Alice Moeller. Welcome to episode three of the Truth of Choice podcast. It's been a long time since we've been able to get an episode out. If you or someone you know has an abortion story and would like to be considered for the show, please email me, Alice Miller, at truthofchoicepodcast at gmail.com. Abortion affects one in three women. Women everywhere carry their abortion stories with them throughout their lives, never sharing because of the shame and hurt they have encountered. This prevents them from finding the hope and healing that Jesus offers. In this episode, I got to talk with my friend Michelle, who I have known for about five or six years. Her story means a lot to me because it blows out of the water what a lot of people think they know about women seeking abortions. I hope you'll listen with an open mind and that it inspires you to meet people where they are at with compassion and hope. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Really appreciate you being willing to share your story. Absolutely. No problem. When I heard your story for the first time, it was so powerful and impactful um, in my own life. And um, just in how um, I looked at abortion and, um, you know, just your, your experience, I feel like is really unique. That's crazy. I mean, I definitely... Uh... I didn't think obviously it was unique. I thought it was something that um, everybody experienced. So if, you, if you're if you good with it, let's just jump right into your story. If you want to start kind of at the beginning of where you're comfortable with and a little, a little background. Okay. So um, I grew up in um, a pretty abusive household. So um, I went to school. Um, after I'd had a interaction with both of my parents where um, it got really physical. And um, when I went to school that day, I ended up speaking to my guidance counselor and he told me that as long as my parents knew where I was, I was not considered to be a runaway. Mm. So that day I packed my things at 15 years old and I left. Wow. When I did that, I naturally ended up moving in with um, the boyfriend that I was dating at the time. So me and him ended up getting our own place actually um, here in Lackawanna, New York at 15 years old, not knowing really anything about life. Um, But we um, had a sexual relationship and I ended up finding out that I was pregnant. Oh, wow. So so you were maybe 15 at the time or was, had some time passed then? No, I was 15. So I think Uh I was just about to, I was going to turn 16, I think like maybe like in a month or so. And, um, I hadn't been feeling good. It was summertime and I thought I had the flu. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I didn't I didn't know I didn't know um, really any of the science of being pregnant so sure. I was with my boyfriend's mom at the time going to McDonald's and um, I started puking out the window she was like oh my gosh you are pregnant and I'm like no no well <laughs> um I didn't want to believe it and I ended up going to my primary care doctor um, that was still under my parents' insurance. I, I hadn't told like anybody, only me and my boyfriend knew, but somehow my parents ended up finding out. I'm sh- not sure to say really how it was that they came to know of it. So when they heard it, um, next thing you know, my father was calling me you know, you got to call this place. I didn't even know what he was talking about. And it was an abortion clinic. Oh, and, wow. Um, had you had any contact with them since you'd moved out? Not really, really small. Um, the only interactions I had with them were maybe um, like Christmas or Thanksgiving, things of like that. But when okay. I left, um, they basically just cut me out of the family completely it was like oh you left now this is you know you're on your own like you no longer have us (laughs) I think it would have been harder but um I don't know I feel like I never really grew up with my family to be honest my father was in the military so my mom was by herself raising three kids and so she was just trying to live her best life and so with her doing that, her going out and partying and doing what she was doing, she left us with whoever. It wasn't like she was like, she didn't really uh, do any diligence in trying to make sure that where she was placing us was going to be a safe place. I just felt like, you know, even though we were siblings, I felt like we all very much kind of grew up in different life because we were being raised Hmm. basically by different people so when I left at you know 15 I left really at 13 but 15 is when I left and never came back sure Um, officially yes officially so um I didn't really find it to be I guess that strange I'd been used to it yeah Um, sure always being with different people and uh my parents actually sent me also um to juvenile jail which was crazy in itself as well um because I didn't really see what they were seeing they thought that I was a bad kid um I just wanted them to stop beating me but they were not trying to hear that. <laughs> CPS had gotten involved. Um, I know when I was younger, my sister um, ended up having her arm broken. My mom was frustrated, and I remember her pushing her down the flight of stairs, and uh, she broke her arm. So CPS came, and, you know, of course, my mom was like you know you have to lie and say that you did it you pushed her because otherwise we're going to take all of you guys away you know you guys won't 
be together. And so being a kid, that's what I did. And um, CPS came again. And of course, that was the same thing my parents said to me again, you know, they're going to separate us and all that. Yeah. So I lied again. And uh, it was hard because, you know, it, like the last time I remember them coming, I was a little bit older. I was probably like in my teens. But I, I felt like they didn't really care. Like it wasn't that they didn't care. I felt like they didn't believe me because sure. I was a white woman uh, in a suburban neighborhood. And it was like, you know, no, like you don't know what like a beating really is. And um, so that was really hard. It made me feel like I couldn't trust people who are supposed to be in a power authority um, type of position to help me I definitely feel like all those like events definitely played a major role in my life and yeah um, what ended up happening later for me in my life um sure which ultimately ended up being uh addiction with heroin to get back to with a uh, abortion my dad making the trying to make the appointment they said that um you know I had a call to do it and I went and called but also my father at this time was saying that it was going to cost $500 and my boyfriend needed to pay for it and so we were like okay like <laughs> we didn't even know what, like what was going on to be honest um, but when I called and spoke to the people I ended up finding out that actually it was covered by insurance um, through health insurance um, but I made the appointment and I was a young kid. I mean, it was really scary and really intimidating. There was like a lot of people who are outside um, who were protesting. And so that was like really nerve wracking to me. Was your boyfriend with you or? No, uh, my father came because it wasn't because he cared. He wanted to make sure it was done. So, um, I went and, you know, it's the day of the appointment and they didn't like tell me anything. Um, I didn't feel like they really educated me and letting me know, like, uh, if I had other options, what, okay. um, like how far along I was or any of those types of things. Um, did you have they, any sort of idea of how far along you were? I didn't. Because since I was so young and I was really, um, I played a lot of sports and everything. So I didn't always get my cycle regularly. So I, and when I went to the doctor, they told me I had like three or four more months to decide on what it was that um, I was going to do. Okay. I was really shocked. Um, Next thing you know, they did an ultrasound and things. And they came out and then they ended up handing me these pills to take. And I didn't know they were. And then they went to have me sign something. So I ended up finding out that I was about 20 weeks. But I didn't find that out until after they had given me the medication. They gave me the medication. And then they came to have me sign papers. And that's when they told me the reason why they were giving me the medication was because the fact that I was later 
term. Um, and they said I was approximately around 20 weeks or so, either a little less or a little over. I can't remember. And, but they told me that the stuff that they were giving me was to help, um, break down the baby and, uh, to make it easier for them to try to be able to get out. And I still didn't even know what that even really meant. Sure. Yeah. They told me that it was even possible that I might even have to come back the following day. Sure. And they saw that obviously I was visibly upset and I was told my dad that, you know, I didn't want to do this. And Mm -hmm. they, that I couldn't change my mind that if I tried to change my mind at this point, my child was going to be basically they're like a kid would have like a unicorn on its head. Um, oh my gosh. It would be disfigured and they used a lot of scare tactics. Now being older, um, I realize that those aren't true facts. Um, yeah. you know, hard when you're a, a young girl, um, you know, and you're trusting in these people, you think that they're medical doctors and that they have your best interest at heart. But um, being older and now knowing more about abortion and how it happens, um, I'm able to understand that that is just simply not the case. So, yeah, I wonder what the papers were that they had you sign. Was it consent or something? Um, probably. It was probably like some kind of legal waiver. Nobody, I didn't see anybody else in the office uh, taking those pills or signing those kinds sure. of papers. Um, so I was like, yeah. And um, they didn't give me, like, they didn't tell me or prepare me for how I may be feeling afterwards and things to, um, you know, maybe like warning signs and stuff, you know, with depression and all those kinds of things. Here, I just simply, you know, end up going home after the procedure and trying to go back, I guess, to like normal life and act like it. So what was the procedure then? So I had the abortion. So it was Uh, a surgical abortion then? Um, I don't, they knocked me out. I don't even know. Um, I remembered waking up feeling like super weird and I remembered saying wow I like whatever they gave me I'm like I think those drugs are good um <laughs> wow. because it made me feel so, like I just had never felt that way um so I, I honestly I mean I really don't even know um all the things that they did I just remember them taking me into a room and uh, next thing you know, it was like I was asleep and then they literally like, it was like a factory. It was so weird. There were so many people there. I mean, there was probably like a hundred people there. There there was a lot. I mean, and I remember like my appointment was super early in the morning as well. And um, yeah, it was like, just like a factory line. Like one goes in, like you come out when another one goes in. And then they have you go to a, a recovery spot where you just are laying there. And um, 
I'm assuming they just check your vitals and then probably after 10, 15 minutes, um, they send you on your way. They allow you to think that, you know, you're not killing a, a baby and all these things. It doesn't feel anything. I mean, now being a mother, I mean, I know at 20 weeks, I, I would know the gender of my child. So, I mean, that's just insane. They definitely don't give you truth or facts. Um, it's a business at the end of the day. So you had the procedure, you wake up, recover, they send you home. Then what? So I went home. I remember actually I didn't even go, I didn't rest or anything. I went with my boyfriend to somewhere and I remember his car broke down and I had to walk like five miles or something crazy. <laughs> oh, poor thing. Oh my gosh. It was, a- it was, right? Like, oh my gosh. But, um, shortly after that is when, um, I started really experimenting, I would say like with drugs, um, I'd smoke, I had drank alcohol, but I never done anything else besides that. Yeah. Um, So I had a neighbor who actually lived across the hall from us and, um, he was a heroin addict, but I didn't know that obviously at the time, but, um, he started giving us um, lower tabs, painkillers. Shortly after that, um, I was introduced to heroin. Um, something I thought I would never do ever. Because yeah. uh, I mean, it's just naturally something I feel like you're taught like from very young age. Like, you know, that's bad. Well, right. You know, um, but. I didn't make the connection that, you know, like the trauma in my life, uh, having an abortion and all these things, like how much it really affected me um, emotionally and mentally. And I feel like at the end of the day, like me, like um, choosing to, you know, end up like doing drugs and things like that. I definitely was trying to cover the pain. I was trying to find acceptance, you know, from new people and it led me down a really long road of drug addiction in my life. Um, I was addicted to heroin for about 17 years. Um, Oh, I'm so glad that you're um, doing so amazing now. Like that is truly a rare story that, you know, I know I remember when you were, um, you know, coming off of that and just how much you had to fight for your life. And it's just, it, you're so strong. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. When I was actually, when I um, had met you and I wasn't withdrawing from heroin, I was withdrawing from Suboxone. Well, that's Sub- right. Yes. Yep. Suboxone is supposed to be a medication that you can take to help you, um, through the withdrawals of uh, opiate effects, which is in here. Um, What they don't tell you is, you know, they don't really know how it's going to affect you when you stop taking those things. And I found myself withdrawing for almost seven months, still not feeling good, still not feeling right. And um, 
yeah, that was a really, really, really hard time. I really had to dig deep. Yeah. Uh, because I just didn't know. I, I just was so tired of not feeling good every day. And I didn't want to go back on Suboxone. Um, but ultimately, yeah. I did end up going back on the Suboxone. Sure. Just because I felt like mental health wise. Yeah. Thank God. Like, I really definitely thank God that, um, you know, I'm here. I was able to find recovery. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people who have a happy ending to, a, you know, a story that intense. And I just feel like you're, um, you deserve so much credit for, for rising above so much. Thank you. I mean, I definitely tried, you know, uh, everything. I mean, I tried rehab. I tried going, um, to, you know, uh, facilities long-term, all that. I mean, I tried everything, but honestly, the only thing that really worked for me was when I honestly was able to really like surrender to God and Mm -hmm. to be completely like honest about where I was in my life. Like nothing as I, you know, got down on my knees and, you know, begged for mercy and all like that. It came easy. Definitely didn't nothing that in life that, you know, is desirable comes easy you know? Yeah. So it's about just, you know, being able to be patient and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I've been really lucky in the fact, you know, I have a husband, I have three amazing children with him and, you know, my life is really great, you know? That's awesome. So on that note, can you share a little bit about your faith journey and just kind of how you got to where you are? I mean, those are kind of Definitely. So I definitely was not raised um, by any means um, to, it wasn't that like my parents didn't say don't believe in God. They just never like, you know, uh, instilled any of those things. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but ever since I was young, I don't know. I just remember like these people who would come around and try to take us to church and I always wanted to go, but my mom mm-hmm. always said no. <laughs> wow. Really? Yes. It's really <laughs> and I just always like wanted to like even I remember even just being in like middle school and hearing like my friends telling me they were going to religion class and everything and I would just was always really curious. I think sure. it was I just really was longing for love, you know? Yeah. Sure. Something about it always drew you. Definitely. Um, you know, so when I was 21 years old, um, I was an addict, was doing really bad in my life. Um, I was just kind of bouncing around. I was homeless. I mean, sometimes I literally was just uh, walking the streets for, you know, 16 hours a day doing nothing. Oh, my goodness. You know, so I ended up getting in trouble. Actually, I was... Um, driving. I had my learner's permit. I had a licensed driver with me, but I was so scared when cause there was like five cops who ended up pulling me over. They pulled me out um, through the window of the car by my hair. <gasps> like, I know it was crazy. And so I was so scared at the time. I ended up giving um, uh, my older sister's name. And oh. so I called her and told her I was honest with her. But <laughs> 
they were not having it. <laughs> so um, I ended up getting uh, charged with um, impersonation. And, and it was the first time I had ever had any kind of legal trouble ever in my life. So sure. I, yeah, I didn't think like, you know, really much was going to come from it. But I was thinking about going to this place called Freedom Village at the time, but I just like didn't have like the push, I guess, to go there at the time. Okay. Yeah. And but luckily I ended up being there. I ended up going to Freedom Village at 21 years old, which was okay. extremely difficult for um, me, especially yeah. at the place that I was in my life. Here mm-hmm. I'd been on my own since 15. I didn't have any rules or all those yeah. kinds of so I went there and that's really where I first learned like about God okay um, I mean I felt like it was there's like I mean if whoever I mean you know you can look on the internet there's like positive and negative like about that place sure. um, but I mean I feel like it's all like what it is that you're trying to get out of like whatever program you know yeah right so for me um I left with like the understanding of who I felt and knew God to be and so when I came home um I started going to church um I really started being able to get that like real bond I felt with like God and um I still like ended up you know coming home relapsing being on drugs and all those things stuff but um I just felt that you know that was really what saved me I mean I know that's what saved me I can't say it's what I feel I mean I really know deep like that's really what saved me and got me off drugs yeah I mean all the other people that you know I knew in my life back then that I used to get high with um only two of them are still living Mm, wow everybody else that I once knew, I mean, they're all dead. Wow. Wow. Hard to think about. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm always, you know, every day I get to wake up and, you know, I'm, I always feel extremely grateful and really humble, um, for the fact that I still get to be here and, I'm really, really grateful to still like have, I feel like that humbleness and gratefulness in my heart, especially after all the crazy things I've been through in life. I mean, yeah. but, um, yeah. So at what point did you kind of start reflecting on your abortion and just like, you know, what had actually happened and, or was that always something that you were thinking about? Um, no, it wasn't something that, when I had my abortion, like after I had had it, honestly, I don't feel like I really ever thought about it again. Okay. Um, I didn't feel the shame from it. Like just simply, I feel like because of the fact like, you know, that's like, you know, you know, my parents were saying that like needed to happen. Otherwise that my life was going to be ruined and all of those sure. kinds of things. So Um, I didn't really know how much it really affected me until honestly, I went to, um, the group at church, um, about abortion. And even when, 
even though the title of the uh, group was abortion, honestly, I didn't think like they were really talking about abortion. Sure. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, well, it didn't yeah. really it doesn't really seem like you had had a choice in it. You know what I mean? Like you were so young. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like I had a choice. Definitely not. Um, my parents, I mean, had already like really disowned me. I mean, and all those things and stuff. But I knew like at 15 years old, I mean, where where am I going to get a job and this and that? I mean, yeah, even I had my like own like apartment. I mean, it was just a little apartment. It wasn't anywhere um, to be raising like a family, you know, and at that time also, I mean, the guy that I was dating, I mean, he was a drug dealer, you know, that mm-hmm. was my life. Um, so do you remember if he had any input on the decision? Like, did he give you his thoughts at all? Um, at first he thought that was like the right decision. And then his mom was Christian. And once she found out that, you know, this is what was going to take place. Um, mm-hmm. he didn't seem to be, um, as like agreeable with it. Interesting. But I felt like he still in his mind felt like, Oh, like we're young. Like, you know, sure. but I know like after, um, I ended up having the abortion stuff and like, he ended up going to jail ultimately at some point. And once he was off, you know, drugs and was able to think clearly, I mean, he would just call me all the time, literally crying and saying he wished how much we would never had done that. Oh, Um, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Like, it really bothered him a lot. And uh, he ultimately ended up passing away um, when uh, he was 24. He was just about to be 25 in July. He died in April and it was hard. I went to his funeral and I had another daughter at that point, my first daughter, Haley. Uh And family was just so sad because he didn't have any children. That would have been his only child. Um, So I feel like that's when I like started like probably um, reflecting on it a little bit, but I feel like I still... I wasn't really able to really confront that or, and deal with it. Um, sure. I still like, even to this day, I mean, he's been like dead now for 12 years and I still feel like I really haven't even mourned the loss of even him. Sure. Sure. Um, but once I uh, did the class at the church, well, not a class, like a Bible study or whatever, uh-huh. um, that's when I was really able to like make the connection to the pieces uh, in my life of how much it really did affect me and still does affect me um, to forgive yourself. Yeah. Is, uh, really, really hard, you know, like for me, that was definitely, I feel like one of the harder things, like when it came to like God, cause you know, God's love is just so pure and like true and, Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to even like let him love me, you know, and mm-hmm. forgive me. I couldn't even forgive myself. So I feel like those are things like still to this day that I'm always like working on. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, so we can be our, our own worst critics in that sense, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, you know, what's obvious and clear through your whole story is that God was with you, you know, through all of that and that he was protecting you from so much. I definitely agree. You know, I didn't, I mean, it's so hard. I mean, it's like anything, you know, it's hard to see sometimes when you're like in the moment, um, you know, but as I look back and I like am able to reflect on uh, situations in my life, I definitely see that he was definitely always, always with me. I mean, so many times, I mean, I've just been in bad situations, getting picked up by people I don't even know. Um, you know, anybody could have just taken and killed me. And, you know, by the grace of God, I mean, I'm, I'm still here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you felt kind of removed from the whole topic of abortion, like that it didn't feel like it applied to you. Um, yeah. Was true, do you think, like, one thing that I like to ask people or to learn about is kind of how you perceive um, just the church at large or, you know, just cultures um, feelings on abortion and when they, when things are brought up and talked about um, how that affects you and how that makes you feel. Um, would you say that's different now than um, it used to be? Oh, definitely. 100%. Like, you know, before, I mean, I just, you know, was like, oh, like, you know, it's your body, your choice. And, you know, but now um, I feel like once you like really um, educate yourself, like what really happens, like in abortion, like that's the biggest thing um, for me personally, you know, here I was a woman who like had an abortion, but still didn't even know how like an abortion was even performed. (laughs) Um, I had no clue. Um, once you educate yourself on it, I feel then, you know, you can make uh, your own like opinion. But I feel so many times people are just, you know, out there, you know, uh, with the propaganda, you know, oh, no, like abortion, you know, it's your body. It's pro women. You know, they're trying to take choice away from women and they're not like understanding like they're just try- they're trying to like let you accept that message to think that it's normal and okay, but there's nothing that's normal and okay about killing, um, an innocent life period. Mm. Yeah. Some people think, Oh, a baby, you know, isn't a human or whatever until it breathes there or whatever. But, um, I just, I don't agree with that. I mean, um, sticking like a needle through a baby's head in your womb at 20 weeks old you're gonna tell me it can't feel pain you're gonna say it's not a living thing if you just let the child naturally grow as it was intended to you would have a full-term baby um so uh yeah it's really like something i feel really passionate about um when people say that they don't think that abortion is murder well if you educate yourself um, a bit like on abortion and how abortion is even done and handled and all those things, um, you may just possibly change your mind, you know? Um, 
I know it definitely did that for me. So yeah, I think we just need to be more educated and informed on those types of things before we say, you know, that we're pro-choice and this and that, because I used to think at one point that I was pro-choice as well um, until I really learned um, and educated myself on really what happens with abortion. And yeah, I, I would never, ever say that I'm pro-choice ever again. That's for sure. Well, have you um, shared your story with um, anyone in the church? Just kind of wondering, like, you know, how people's response has been. Have, has, have you felt any um, judgment or, or fear or anything from, from other people? Um, I have, I don't know. I know I've shared it like um, a couple of times, but I want people who are in church and stuff um, to be more open, I guess, like with things like it shouldn't be so shocking. Like for me right. as a person who didn't grow up in church, like that was like one of the hardest things for me. Like I didn't want to go to church because I felt that they were going to judge me and all these things because I felt like, you know, they were always just being so perfect. Sure. And I just feel, you know, the best way sometimes, you know, it's just to be human, right. you know, let, right. let people know that, yes, I believe in God, but you know what? Like I struggle too. It's okay. You know, yeah, right. Um, when you just put up the fence of like trying to pro- project perfect all the time, I, I think it can be hard sometimes to, um, allow people who are once, you know, like myself to feel the comfort of wanting to go and find God. Um, in that way. Yeah. So what is something that you wish um, people knew about your experience or about abortion? Um, I think a lot of our listeners are, are Christian and are pro-life. Um, what is something that you wish that they knew? About abortion? Yeah. Or about your experience? Um, well, I would say one thing I wish that they knew about my experience is that um, I've been through a lot, um, but I'm still standing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. God is, like, glorious, you know, obviously, and um, I'm really grateful for that. And just because we're Christian and we believe in God doesn't mean that all of a sudden, like, the, the path in life is easy. Um, yeah. You could believe in God and, you know, still have hard times. Yeah. Um, and with abortion, you know, um, I think just because, you know, we, we are Christian and believe in God doesn't always mean that we all agree um, that, um, that um, there shouldn't be abortion. I mean, there's, I was Christian, you know, I was still very much like pro-life and this and that, but, you know, instead of just saying, you know, to people, well, that's not, you know, the God way and this and that, you know, just try and help to, you know, educate people, you know, um, I just feel like that's the best way if you just start telling people, oh, you know, abortion's that right just because of God and this and that. Like, you're going to sure. reach 
people, but maybe not all people, you know, right. Some people need real understanding. And when you're able to really provide them those real facts and those real hard truths, um, you know, they may not get it that same day, but it, you know, just like with, you know, showing other people God in your life, it's sometimes it's just about planting those seeds, you know? Yeah. About your story um, is that I think sometimes people who haven't had an abortion or who aren't kind of familiar with it and different people's experiences with it, um, it can be easy to just say, you know, everyone seeking an abortion is this one thing or with these particular motives. Um, And so I think just your background and your whole um, experience together um, just really shows how there's a lot that goes into it people you know don't necessarily have a choice or are just coming at it from a place I definitely would um agree for sure with that you know um I definitely don't feel like I had the choice um at all uh I mean, I'm like, it's always like crazy though. When I think back, like to the adults who were there, I mean, like, gosh, like weren't any of them like, hi, like, wow. You're like, you're young. Like, do you know, like other options? Do you know what this really is? But I didn't receive any of that. (laughs) So like your primary care physician was at least trying to buy you some time, maybe. Right. I mean, I don't know. Cause she was asking me like when my last period was, I remember like, I don't know if I remembered, but sure. um, cause I believe I was supposed to go back and see her again though. But yeah. So I like always wonder like if they called, I mean, they had like somebody from there had to have called my parents cause I literally yeah. didn't tell anybody, but um, you know, but I mean, I was a minor, so I mean, I'm sure they probably actually had like the right to. <laughs> Crazy. Well, thank you so much for being willing to share your story. I know it's going to really um, mean a lot to encourage people to, um, you know, to be empathetic and understanding of where people are coming from and, and what they deal with. Yeah. You know, you don't always know what people are going through, you know? Yeah. I remember people looking at me and I would feel them judging me and it would make me feel awful, you know, and that's yeah. the worst feeling is, you know, here you're trying to go somewhere, you know, like a church and things or wherever, go to the doctor and, you know, to feel that way. And you just feel like you're like dying on the inside, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely. I hope people definitely can uh, be more patient and, yeah. uh, have time to be willing to, you know, care or listen sometimes, you know, sometimes it it, for free just to tell somebody, you know, you're beautiful or whatever. Compliments are free. Cost you nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Great. (laughs) You're a remarkable person and I'm just so thankful for how God is using you. Um, and just for, just for the, the beautiful person that you are, I'm really thankful for you. Well, thank you. And I appreciate it very much. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Michelle's story. 
If you have any questions or feedback or if you have an abortion story and would like to be considered for this show, please email me, Alice Miller, at truthofchoicepodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.